Hey, welcome into the Coach Bo Knows Podcast here on the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. Check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at OAGKS.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter. Our handle is at Coach Bo Knows Show. You can check out the Facebook page and search for uh, Coach Bo Knows Show. And you can email us anytime at Show at gmail.com. This is episode 74, and this is going to be our Super Bowl preview edition and today i'm joined by not one but two of our co-hosts first off the legal counsel of the coach bonos podcast the token girl she has great legs but an even greater mind as always in the point five my co-host ellen wingenter ellen how you doing today i'm doing all right how are you besides twitter you know i i I got unblocked i i I got they took care of that yeah okay we're going to bring that up in a minute, yeah. And then also joining us, ladies, you're in the Denver area. <laughs> Gave out some Tyler's Pro V1 golf balls, maybe some nice rum, and magically he appears out of nowhere. He's a man of sophistication, style, and grace. He's undefeated against home pregnancy tests, but a record of 53-0-1. He's the real reason Sierra moved to Denver. Check out the new book, Russ May Cook, But I Can Eat. His mother named Ricardo. Here we call him Uncle Rico, my main man, Ricardo Gervellini. Ricardo, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I'm 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 a little concerned for my little pupper, but otherwise things are going good here. What's wrong? Ellen, with have you? you never heard the intro for Ricardo? No. <laughs> Not to the extent that it is now. Oh, okay. Yeah, we it, it, it's far too long. It's, it's great, far though. too long at this point. So, first off, y'all are both in Denver. Um, how's my man Sean Payton being uh, taken care of over there so far? Um, the fact that he's Russ, running Russ Wilson's personal personnel out of the building is going to be fantastic. Yeah, yeah, he's not going to put up any bullshit. It's going to be that's going to be fun to watch. Um, I'm loving it. You're loving it over there so far. We're doing all right. Hey, I, we're going to have to talk about a couple little NFL cleanup things before we get into the Super Bowl. We're not going to talk about anything else today, but NFL and the Super Bowl. Uh, we'll have some more stuff. I'm going to have P-Money on later this week to do an NBA trade deadline talk. There's been a lot of shit going on there. And then LeBron broke the record. We're going to get into all that. But today, I, before we get into the Super Bowl, I have an announcement. There are rumors all over the place. And there's a visit today in New Orleans that Derek Carr is a target of the New Orleans Saints and has visited today. And I will say this, as the, like, I'm not the godfather of the Houdat Nation, that's Bobby Bear, but I'm pretty high up in the rankings. If the Saints sign or trade for Derek Carr, I will be ending my Saints fandom. For the second time in two years? Now, look, no, I was not official on it last time. Last year I said <laughs> I, I wanted Jameis to be the quarterback, I, but I didn't I didn't full-on go into it. They kind of fucked us on that deal because they didn't wait until the season started to make Andy Dalton the quarterback. But now it just tells me if, if Dennis Allen is going to keep this job and they're going to bring in Derek Carr, I have no use for these people anymore. So I will neatly fold up this pullover, this hat that I'm wearing, all my gear, I will neatly fold it up, put it in a box, put that in a closet somewhere, 
And when Dennis Allen's fired and everybody realizes that Derek Carr sucks and they're gone, then I'll be a Saints fan again. So I'll be a free agent. I'm not going to be a free agent for the team. No, no. Ricardo, what was your point as he declared? Go ahead and bring it. Go ahead and bring it. We talked about this a little bit already. Ricardo, bring it up. You have been shopping and you are not a free agent. You, you simply are not. You are a Bengals fan because of Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. Now, if Joe Burrow goes to another team, oh, I don't know, the Falcons, <laughs> you become a Falcons fan. Look, Joe Burrow would never do that's that That's not me. likely to happen. That's no, not likely never to happen. do that to me. Burrow Joe and I have talked about, about you. It's not possible. Let's and Joe does you. care about my feelings, and he, he would not. not do that to me. He does not. He would not do that to me. He would. Wait, wait. Don't don't the Falcons have cap room in an indoor practice facility? The Bengals oh, finally built one. Huh. Finally built one, and they have a lot of cap room too. I just don't like rooting for the Bengals, so <laughs> to speak, because I don't like I don't like Mike Brown. I have a real problem with him. Hey, I get that. I, I I live and die by the hate of the administration of an organization in football. Not the yeah. players. It's always the management and the admin side. And, and, and I will not come to the dark side and join the Chiefs' kingdom. Zero chance of that. Speaking of, do we get to have comments about Goodell's comments today about how great the officiating is in the NFL? Yeah. Fuck Roger Goodell and his officiating bullshit. What's he going to oh, say? Come on. Are you shitting me? What's he going to say? When you have Carl Which Cheffers. one part he's responsible for. But you have Cheffers on the field on Sunday who almost cried during the Raiders-Chiefs game this season. <laughs> might have been crying during that game. I, officiating was so bad in this playoffs overall. It was pathetic. No professional organization. I'm not saying... The Bengals losing and Joe Burrow losing aside. This has been a problem really for four or five years in the NFL. Yeah. And as a Saints fan, I know all about the egregiousness of officiating in the goddamn playoffs. I think Goodell has it out for you, man. I think that's he might, it, it is to ensure he might, hey, you a, have to go shopping for a new fandom. I think I'm going to go over to the um, Park Avenue NFL office and take the commissioner's job. Good luck with that. That might be a great commissioner. Could you you imagine if I had to give the State of the Union of the of the NFL? How great would that have been? You tried it with that'd be a great speech, and they didn't even like come to you on that. So I, I, I should be the next NFL commissioner. Here's the thing. You you might be a good one. You'd end up hating that job because you don't get any credit. You only get the blame. That's true, but they pay a lot of money for that. Well, yeah, but if it's just for the money. Well, for enough money, I'll be a whore. I mean, come on now. There's <laughs> probably I've been an easier way to forty-seven yourself years. and make money. I, I'm a, I've been a Saints fan my whole life. I can be a whore for enough money. Huh? As we I all know, 
I can root for the Cowboys for enough money. It's all about the Benjamins, baby. So this is my one chance to clean up and make it right. So, all right. All right. So there's my announcement. If Derek Carr ends up with the New Orleans Saints, I'm going to need some real serious therapy as well. Yeah. So what, what happens if something fluky occurs, a la the Raiders two years ago, and they start winning? I'm really confident that no team with Derek Carr's their quarterback's going to win. They still made the playoffs last year. Did you see that team last year? They weren't very good. I'm not rooting for them. They I'm made the against them. I'm all about the Saints tanking for Caleb Williams. 0-17 yeah, in 2023. That's what I want. 0-17. Leave no doubt. Get the number one pick. Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams could become the next Patrick Williams. I'm going to follow up your your announcement here. Very simple. If they do take care of Derek Carr and you you box up all your Saints stuff, I'm going to I'm going to go out and find that very hat you're wearing. I'm going to wear it all next year. <laughs> I, will tell you, I will, Ricardo. I will send this hat in the mail to you if if Derek Carr. Is on the Saints because I'm not going to wear it. I will wear it. I will wear it on every every week. I will wear it until he's no longer a Saint, and I will send it back to you. And the thing of it is, Caleb oh. Williams is not going to be the number one draft pick next year. Yeah, he will. Oh yeah, oh. yeah, he will. Nope. Caleb Williams is going to be going to be the next Mahomes. That is a very bold statement for not having set one foot in an NFL state on a field there yet. He would have been the number one pick last season as a freshman. He would have been the number one pick this year if he came out. He'll be the number one pick next year. He'd be the number one pick pretty much in a year. You're not going to be up there? Who? Archie. Archie. Well, Archie's still got three years of college he has to attend. And he may not even be a starting quarterback at Texas next year. Hey, I'm just saying what I've heard. I mean, they still got a quarterback they like. And Arch Manning is not going to go from being in 3A high school football to being the number one pick in the draft. Yeah, but those boosters aren't going to want to pay that NIL yeah, well, without a starting quarterback to back it. Yeah, well, not that he's USC not boosters are, playing, are paying Caleb Williams plenty of money. So I don't know. I, I'm just I'm telling you, he's the number one pick next year, and he's the best quarterback prospect since Joe Burrow. Oh, oh. oh, Caleb Williams is the best. Very the, bold today. Oh, I'm telling you, Caleb Williams is by far the best quarterback prospect since Burrow, and he might be highly th- more highly thought of come draft day than Burrow was. His athleticism through the fucking roof. And he has a cannon, and he's been a starting quarterback for three years in two programs. Now, I and, and he might win a national title next year. The thing of it is, that's bullshit about the two programs thing because you have Lincoln Riley at the head of both programs. So yeah, fuck that he, shit that he's been in the like head. He was the, he, <laughs> as a freshman, he was the best player in Oklahoma. He was the best quarterback. They played him as a freshman. At Oklahoma, at Oklahoma. Oklahoma isn't what it used to be. 
this is the same place that ran all that ran other people out of town. They, I mean, come on. I mean, it, and they've had plenty of pro quarterbacks. Baker was from there. Jalen Hurts went there. I'm not saying that they haven't produced quality product, but you saying that he started at Oklahoma to me. Okay, cool. He was a starter at a Big 12 school. Oklahoma's kind of bigger deal than most of the Big Twelve schools. When have they shown? When were they in the BCS? A couple of years ago, when LSU kicked the shit out of them. A couple of years ago, like beyond that, Stoops had a shitty record leading up to it. Post what one? Yep, this was Lincoln Riley's team. That's what I'm saying. And they, he, look, if Lincoln Riley would stayed in Oklahoma, they would have been great. So he followed. Oh, because they got fucking Skeletor as their coach now. He's fucking terrible. Caleb followed Lincoln Riley and his program and his setup to USC. So you can't say that he played for two separate programs. Yeah, you can. You played for two separate schools that ran the same damn thing for him. Well, I will accept that USC changed what they were going to do for him. But Oklahoma did. He came in and beat other quarterbacks out. He didn't even play his senior year of high school because of COVID. Which is fine. I'm just saying you can't say that he went into – you can't go from elevated to Oklahoma as much when you have two separate complete coaching staffs and plans and programs. If you're following a head coach to where they are, they're setting shit up around you. I, I mean, that, at USC, yes, it has been set up around him. He's also that fucking town. No, I don't it's like having it. a. It's like having a front seat to the point five. I'm enjoying it so much. <laughs> all right, all right, God damn it, we're gonna move on. I love the front seat view to the point five here. This is great. So, all right, um, let's get into it. Super Bowl is here. What number is this? I don't even remember what number of Super Bowl. Super Bowl. What is this? What's LVII? That's 57, right? Yep. Yeah, that's 57. Hey, I got that right. I can read a little bit of that Roman stuff. Not bad for a boy from Louisiana. All right. So let's just lay this shit out. We've got the Eagles are currently a one and a half point favorite. I'm shocked it hasn't moved. Utterly shocked. Um, I thought by now the Chiefs would have been the favorite. I still think by game time it's going to be close. But I'm shocked it hasn't moved a bit. Chiefs seem to be getting healthy. Mahomes is going to play. He's full go. He's still nursing. He said he's not 100%, but, I mean, it's been two weeks since he last played. By the time he gets on the field, he should be fine. Uh, we do know that, uh, oh, God, one of the running backs is out. Cole Hardman has been put uh, on Nicole the field. Hardman is out. And um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has been activated. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also know that for the Chiefs, Chiefs had so many injuries in the championship game. It looks like everybody else has been cleared. Juju's clear. He's clear concussion protocol. So he was practicing, I believe, today. Yeah. So Eagles, one and a half point favorites. I'm going to ask everybody here right now to make your pick. And then we'll talk about what we expect. So ladies first, E, what you got? Um, I am, of course, taking the Chiefs. 
I saw what Madden um, playout was, and I believe it was a 31-14 victory or 31-17 victory for the Eagles. I actually think that's going to be flipped. You're going 31-14, Chiefs? I would say 31-17. 31-17, Chiefs. Yes. Okay, Ricardo, give me a pick. I'm picking the Eagles. I said it last week. Whoever came out of the 49ers-Eagle game would be my pick for the Super Bowl. It's the Eagles. And interesting, you're talking about the spread. I saw a stat today between both teams. They had the exact same record. They've scored the same amount of points on the year. Yep. But Hertz has two games missing. Mahomes has played every game. Mm-hmm. I think that gives the edge to the, to the Eagles just as a star. So you're talking about the edge. That, the numbers all line up across the board for both of these teams. They look really, really even. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't surprise me that the spread's not moving. But I still give the edge to the Eagles. I think they have the stronger defense. And as long as Andy Reid does exactly what I think Andy Reid does, because he does Andy Reid things, which is to <laughs> stick to the air and, and play through Mahomes, they won't run enough to control this game. So I give it to the Eagles. Give me a, give me a number. Got to give me a score. Oh, score. 35-31. Uh, oh, wow. You're going for the high school. So you're taking the over as well. I don't think it's gonna. I, I don't think it's. I think it'll be something a little bit more of a shootout. This will be the biggest, probably the biggest test the Eagles' defense has had against a very high-powered offense. I don't expect it to be a low-scoring game. Yeah, agreed. I expect it to be the Eagles. I don't think this game will be close at any point. I think the Eagles' run game is way too good. The way to beat the Chiefs is really simple: keep Mahomes on the sideline. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Nobody runs the ball better than the Eagles. They're going to win the time of possession. They're going to win the time of possession by a ton. Ellen, it's funny because I picked the same goddamn number. <laughs> 31 to 17 for the Eagles. Welcome to the Madden scenario, man. I, I just, I think Mahomes is going to have a real problem with the pass rush, and it's going to be pre- – if the Chiefs win, then he's definitely the MVP, and he is definitely the guy that's going to have to make extra plays in this game. I don't think that pressure's on the Eagles. I don't think that it's a pressure on Jalen Hurts to go out there and win the game. Hmm. What do you guys think? I would disagree. I think that there is pressure on the Eagles, especially to come out strong early. Because I think a key factor will be to make sure that they do have to play through Mahomes. Because that's the strength of that Eagles defense is in the pass. Their weakness is in the run. That's why I say, if Andy Reid does what I expect them to do, which is to play through the air, they're going to have a hard time doing it. If they play on the ground, that favors them. However, if the Eagles come out strong, they're going to have to play through Mahomes to to play catch-up. And that favors the Eagles. So I think the pressure is on the Eagles early. In the first half, they have to come out very strong and put the pressure on the the Chiefs for the second half. And I agree to the fact that the pressure is on the Eagles in the sense that against the 49ers, they were playing against a rookie quarterback who was dependent on 
a run game and a tight end to cover his ass who didn't know how to be on that stage and got housed. And so you've got an experienced team that the Eagles are going up against. And I would hope that two weeks of game planning and certain people getting into Andy Reid's ear and saying, listen, this isn't a Mahomes show. There are going to be those plays, but you've got someone like Pacheco who can run faster than hell and get through spots and fill some of that Tyreek Hill kind of thing that everyone claims that the Chiefs have been missing all season long, he can do it. And I, I hope they give him the opportunity to do so. Even with McKinnon and that kind of stuff, there are options that are solid and aren't scary. So long as Sky Moore isn't receiving kickoffs, we're fine. I think Scott Moore is kidding. We're going to be doing the returns. Um, I just, I look at this and I look at the trenches and I go, look, there is an obvious mismatch. The two obvious mismatches to me are the Chiefs offensive line is not nearly as good as the Eagles defensive line. And the Eagles offensive line is much better than the Chiefs defensive line. And I just don't see, it would be different if the Eagles were going to come out and try to throw the ball around, because then you can take full advantage like Chris Jones. But in the run game, you can't take as good an advantage of him because he's not a run stopper. He's a pass rusher. And that's not a good run stopping defense. You're going to end up sneaking extra guys into the box to stop the run. And then you're going to hit, you know, AJ Brown or, um, Oh, God, why can't I think of the receiver's name? Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith. Thank you. Uh, You're going to see those two, and you're going to have a big play at some point. And I just look at it and go, this is kind of what I think is going to happen. I I don't know. I I think it's going to be interesting, but I I think it's it's going to be a battle down there. And in the end, I just think that the run game is going to be too much. The, the Chiefs are going to have to figure out how to stop the run. They haven't all year. But a portion of that not having to stop it, which is a good argument against them in this, I guess, is to say, well, they haven't had to. And it's because their offense puts so much pressure on you to score points. So sure. Ricardo's right in a way that, yeah, it's going to be for the Eagles are going to have to score first and be ahead put the pressure back on the Chiefs. I just tend to think that's what's going to happen. I, I, I think it's going to be really hard to stop the Eagles' offense. And I think that defense is going to just come after Mahomes. I don't think they're going to have – they can get to the edges, I think, with those linebackers and their corners and safeties. It's going to take a Herculean effort for the Chiefs to win this game. From, from Mahomes. He's capable of it. Well, I mean, it's – Absolutely. There's always the option of, you know, hitting Mahomes and tearing his UCL on the sixth play of the game. Do you know how many flags they would throw on that? I mean, they would throw so many flags if you hit Mahomes that it would be like all of a sudden there's 30 extra points on the board for the Chiefs. I'm calling shenanigans just because you hit yeah. a rookie. The thing it is, was an NFC championship. It no, no, no. Be- uh, what, I'm not arguing about the Eagles here, Ricardo. I'm sorry, Ellen. I cut you off. <laughs> I'm not arguing about the Eagles. 
I'll tell you about what happened in the last Chiefs game where you can't okay. hit the other opposing quarterback, but you can't breathe on Patrick Mahomes. Oh, my God. Are, are you a Tom Brady stand? What the fuck is wrong with you? No. He, Tom Brady does the same thing as Mahomes does. Mahomes gets the Brady treatment with the flex. No question about that. He's been been a couple of years. That's not new. That is not new. He's getting absolutely absolutely gets the Brady treatment. Uh As a matter of fact, without Brady in the league now, he is. It's the Mahomes treatment now. It's not the Brady treatment. It's now the Mahomes treatment. We'll see. Uh Yeah. Yeah. I 100% agree. Yeah. Yeah, there's – I don't know. I it's going to take a Herculean Eagles defense is, turning to Michael Jordan. I agree. I so. agree. This this Eagle defense has been doing a lot with just a four man rush. They are one of the best pass rushing team defenses in the league without stunts, without blitz. Yeah. They do a hell of a job. So this is going to be a massive effort because they don't have to do a lot of, you know, six or seven in the box for pass rushing. They can play that field and keep coverage while letting their guys run in. I like that. De- I've always liked that defense. And I don't disregard your more nuanced takes on any of this. Mine is all gut. And from what I've seen, just being a fan, and the fact that I have a couple fillets that I may be grilling with baked potatoes, and I would like to enjoy those to victory um, come Sunday, that instead of just having a nice fancy steak and potato meal on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoy your steak because I don't think you're going to enjoy the game. I think I, in I actually, in the end, regardless, I think to Ricardo's point, it's going to be a very competitive game. Regardless of you and I's thoughts, Bo, I yeah. think it's, going to end up being a lot closer than a lot of, well, it's going to be more well, than Vegas yeah, is, you know. is, is claiming it to be, but I mean, what was the spread for the Bengals game? Four, four and a half? It went all the way down. See, it went all the way down. It was right. the high, it went, it started against the Bengals and it went down and then back up to the Chiefs. The Chiefs were the favorite by kickoff. Right. And then it ended up where it was. Yeah. I just, so, I, I, I see, I, and I thought that once you start seeing everyone was healthy with the Chiefs, I thought that's what would move the spread. So I really thought that this week, I thought by now would be when the spread starts to move. And I wouldn't be surprised if it does. And I think late money will come in on the Chiefs as well. So, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's an even money game at the end, right before kickoff. Sure, because I don't think that the Bengals' money started shifting really until Thursday or Friday anyway. So we're kind of in that pocket right now, given that we're recording on Wednesday evening. We're recording Wednesday night, yeah. Yeah, I, I just, I'm just surprised over the last 10 days it hasn't moved much, right? I saw that most of the tickets are on the Chiefs, but most of the money is on the Eagles. Sure. So, I haven't seen if Mattress Mac has done anything yet, so... Otherwise, we would know who to definitely who to bet on because he would lose. Who? You know who Mattress Mac is, right? No. So Mattress Mac's the big uh, the, the the guy who owns the gallery of furniture in Houston, and he makes oh. large bets in sports. Okay. He only wins those bets when he bets on the Astros. Like he bet <laughs> on the Cowboys. He bet two million dollars on the Cowboys a couple weeks ago when uh-huh. they lost. 
Um, he bet on TCU to win outright against Georgia. Hmm. Yeah. And he bet like three million bucks on Tennessee or on uh on uh TCU. I mean, come on, man. You, I know you're a fan and all. Damn, three million bucks straight up. I've been taking all the all them goddamn points. <laughs> it sounds like that sounds like tip money for him, right? He said for mattress knack, it might be. It might be. <laughs> like the Marlin man. <laughs> Mattress Mac probably has more money than well. The Mattress Mac thing comes from where like he owns gallery furniture. And the thing a few years ago was they had a special one year, it was in 2017. If you bought furniture from like May 1st to August 1st, yes. it was free if the Astros won the World Series. Yep. Normally a company goes to they actually go to uh, Warren Buffett's company. Um, because Berkshire Hathaway actually sells the insurance on those things. He decided instead he was going to gamble it. So he went and figured out how much money would it cost me at these odds. And he ended up flipping it and he won. Well, then they did it again this year. And it was, if you spend $2,500 between, I think it was May and the end of the baseball season. I think it may have been May to August. But anyway, he, not only did you get your purchase for free, but you got your money back as well. Yeah. And so he ended up betting something like $12 million on the Astros at like three or four different bets. He won like $80 million. I think it was $70 or $80 million. It was, it was so bad that the amount of money Caesars paid him, they had to acknowledge on their stockholders' um, quarterly call. They're like, we lost this much money in the sports book on this one bet. But now Mattress Mac's been giving it back to him because he gave back two million on TC or three million on TCU and two million on the Cowboys. I hope he bets on the Chiefs this week. <laughs> That's rude. Uh, in defense of the Chiefs, they they do have the same record and the same number of points as Philly. They got here for yeah. a reason. Uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't disagree. I mean, it's, those are facts. They're indisputable. But I've said this all season. I mean, until this weekend, till last, well, till the first, the last game of the season there, what was the Chiefs' signature win? Now, now if they beat the Bengals. But neither team played well. Ricardo, you and I talked about this at length a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I didn't think either of those teams played well. Have yet to see the Chiefs really be the Chiefs. The signature win is week seven against the 49ers. Against the 49ers, who are a different team than they were at the end of the season. They were they've been five different teams this year. Yeah. <laughs> and I I just I say that because I think it's important to have to, to understand that there's you have and there, where is the signature this is who we are win? And maybe what you can say it's the Raiders played. in week 17. They did certainly put their stamp on that game. The Chiefs did. But, again, there's excuses of they don't really have a quarterback or a coach or what was going on there. So, I, I don't – that's my, my that's been my knock on. Now, what I've said also all season long, and I've heard you mention – Ellen, you mentioned the Tyreek Hill thing earlier. We've said this from the beginning. I think you've both heard me say this. In the end, losing Tyreek Hill helps 
the Kansas City Chiefs. Absolutely. And it helps Patrick Mahomes. He's played better this season than he would have with Tyreek Hill. Here's the thing that I have never understood on any sports level. Why in the fuck do you need a signature win? You won the game. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be dominant. It doesn't have to express anything. Okay. I agree you with your you thinking. Win the game. So why are why is anyone looking to any of these teams to say they did this exceptionally in this particular moment against this particular opponent when they don't replicate it? Yeah. Well, that's doesn't a fair point. It's absolutely a fair point. Absolutely. Fair point. I think the reason you have to have that now, though, is that we're sitting here Super Bowl week comparing two teams. Two teams that are absolutely very close in theory. Just like Ricardo was saying, a lot of these stats are kind of the same. Well, why is it that some of us, you know, think that it's going to be a blowout? Well, it's because I would say that I've seen what this team can do consistently. The statement victory is not about is not for the players or the coaches. It's for everybody else. That that I think is is a fair statement. And so if you, if I were to equate this, if we were going to college basketball, we'd be talking about quad one wins for the March Madness. Right. But it's multiples. It's not one. True, but this is football. So when you're if you're on the outside looking in, you're looking at games that they have shown to play yeah. as a unit that deserves the moment. And I don't think we've seen that from the Chiefs. Not to say they don't deserve to be there, but I don't know if they've deserved the moment to finish it. So Where I think the Eagles have had statement wins. And I would say to your point, it's wins that you're tacking on to the Eagles in the plural not just a win. Sure. It shouldn't be a statement game. It shouldn't be a statement win. It should be a series of games that you can parlay into saying they are going to respond this way in offense, defense, special teams, whatever. Okay. I'll hear that. Now let me ask this, Ellen. Mm-hmm. At any point in the last in the last six to eight weeks of the season, did you think the Chiefs were Absolutely capable of beating everybody. No, it's a complete shit show. It that's my point. Is that it's been a shit show, and I would be able to say, "Hey, I can go look at this win and make me feel better." But unfortunately, the only one I can go back to was now thirteen weeks ago. My point being is that as much as you want to put, and I think Ricardo gives a great, given the place that we are in the season, we're both wearing pay you Jayhawk. Paraphernalia. (laughs) Leading into March Madness, you get people that are looking and trying to equate wins to something that will lead to an end result. Sometimes all that matters is that they won. It doesn't matter how they got there, and maybe it matters more that they scrapped and came from behind, or it was a fluke, or whatever, but they won. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be a domineering, dominant, 
offense, defense kind of conclusion over a series of several games, which I think you can say, hey, here are the trends that we can see with the, this team and how they respond to certain situations, which would equate to how you would predict that they would respond. Both teams have had two weeks to game plan around yeah. this at this point. How much does all of that get thrown out of signature wins, responses, that kind of thing, when people can fuck around and find out come Sunday, yeah. is their playbook just a little bit more assholery yeah. than the other team's playbook? Well, I think when I give the criticism of the Chiefs, and, I, and it's kind of specific to the Chiefs, of mm-hmm. saying they don't have a signature win, it's because they don't have a signature way of playing. There was a lot of drawed up on the field schoolyard bullshit. And that works to win a game when you're behind against the Broncos or the Raiders. But how's that going to work in the Super Bowl against a dominating Eagles team? It could easily show up. I to mean, your I point, expect it to show up. Tonight, you and I were talking about the Vanderbilt game. Yeah, Tennessee Vanderbilt. But we're also talking about this is the two – these are these two teams in the biggest game. I understand I mean, that. Talk, I, you and I are talking off air about Tennessee Vanderbilt, which was a great game, great game the way it ended, and really, really just weird. Um, for those that haven't seen it, go check it out. It's five so we, inbounds things. And that's to my point. Weird shit is going to happen in this game. But it, the, what I'm saying, is though, is that the Chiefs have depended on weird shit Fair. all season. Fair. I, I and you're not going to get as much weird shit against good teams. You are in a one in a one game situation. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with Ellen on this one. This is why I, I'm calling a pretty close game on my score on my points. The Chiefs, the Chiefs this year live in backyard bullshit. If you play, if they play traditional football against this defense, they're going to. I mean, they're going to get crushed. They have been living in backyard bullshit, and this defense is going to force them out of their comfort zone. They're going to have to live in backyard bullshit, where I think the edge is, is that that defense will push them beyond even what their backyard bullshit has been able to do this year. They have found very adaptive ways to win in, over, in, in games where traditionally you'd think they'd have lost, that they wouldn't have been able to come back yet. Um, I still think the Eagles are going to be too much, but this is kind of the sweet spot for them right now. And I can see them having success and really pushing the Eagles. So I think on the offensive side if the Eagles control pace of play. And like I've said all year long on how to beat Mahomes, long sustained drives, keep them off the field. If they can do that, then we have, then, then they can lock this game up. But that is not to say that Chiefs aren't going to do backyard bullshit. I expect them to come out with backyard bullshit from the beginning. Yeah. See, I, and I get that they're going to pull some backyard bullshit. But again, if you have to pull backyard bullshit to beat the Broncos twice, to beat the Raiders, to beat the Texans, how the fuck do you think that's going to work against more disciplined defenses, against teams that are going to uh, come point? after you, against teams that are Flip going to point. force you to have to score quickly because they're not going to give you the ball for very long. Flip the coin. How do you defend against it? I just think the better defense is on the Eagles' sideline. And I don't disagree. I agree with you. But how do you defend it? 
They're gonna, run, they're, gonna run, they're gonna use their front four and rush the shit out of Mahomes. No, that's fine. That's with the angle. Yeah. They're not going to be able to game plan for absolutely everything that happens. And so when the bullshit happens and Kate, you know, Kansas City ends up scoring on it, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what the signature win was. It matters that they pulled some shit out of their ass in a game. Okay. And, you know right, here's I mean? my question. If the Chiefs lose this game 35 to 7, I'm not saying I got them losing by a big number, but not that big yeah. a number. The Chiefs lose this game 35 to 7. Are we going to hear every every everybody on ESPN and Fox Sports and everyone else is going to say, see, they weren't as good as we thought they were. That backyard bullshit doesn't work. Yes, because they were already no. doing the other week against Burrow. So I mean, that's, that's the criticism going to be. That, that that will be the criticism because they'll, they'll be one in three in the Super Bowl with Mahomes. But, you know, fuck it. How many quarterbacks beyond – Tom Brady have been in the Super Bowl the last yes, four or five times. years. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I mean, it's yeah. Let me ask this question then. Talk about Mahomes for a minute. Mm-hmm. I've already said I think he's the best quarterback in the league right now. I mean, even me as a Burrow fan will say, hey, if I had to pick one, I got to take Mahomes. Mahomes got the bad wheel. It's going to be a hard deal. He's pretty. I mean, and he's going to be better. He's going to be better this week than he was two weeks ago. If he wins two out of three Super Bowls and the one he lost, they got their asses kicked at the line of scrimmage. That offensive line was horrible, and he got beat down. If he wins, he's already a Hall of Famer, right? He's probably the best player in the NFL, but if he cements these things, if he loses – and that's not just if he loses, if the team loses. Sure. Unfortunately, that gets put on the quarterback. It may not be Patrick Mahomes' fault that they lose the game. Same as it's not going to be Jalen Hurts' fault that they lose the game. A lot of things are going to have to happen. I mean, they don't play defense against each other. Does it, if Patrick Mahomes, I think we all agree, again, he cements a legacy getting two Super Bowls in his three appearances. And it's, what, two in four years? Is that right? Uh, three and five, or yeah. We'll have one. Yeah, it's three and five with two. Last years. year it was the Bengals that got there in the AFC. The year before it was. That was 19, 20, and then now 23. Okay, 19, 20, and 23. Okay, so in five seasons, he'll win three times. Okay. Yeah, if you win two in five seasons, that's outstanding. I mean, he, he started as a starter in 2018. Yeah. Because it was his second year he went to the Super Bowl. He, right? The first game he started was the last game in 2017 against the Broncos. Yeah. Okay. Because I was at that game. Yeah. He, uh, and, he, and look, he's outstanding. I mean, he's, one of the, he's probably one of the top 10 quarterbacks of all time already. But will there be a knock on him if he loses this game? I don't know. It depends on where the rest of it runs out. If he wins two or three more, how is there not? How hard, how hard will it be, though? Think about it. I mean, especially in the AFC. In the <laughs> AFC, you look and you've got Burrow and Allen. And, I mean, Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is better. Not better than Mahomes. He's better than we thought. Herbert <laughs> is great. I mean, there's four or five quarterbacks right there that are all 
for their their team generation. Sure. No, I. It, it's not saying that it won't be difficult. Yeah. But it it's been difficult to get there when yeah. you're dealing against the old heads of Stafford, you know Brady, whomever else was coming up through the AFC. You can't say that it's ever easy. And if you're saying yeah. that you're going to discount a dude after his first five seasons as a starter, that's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, and I'm not saying you should. I have to agree. Not. Yeah, I, mean, I don't disagree. Let, let, I, I, I'll play devil's advocate on this one. Let's skip forward a month. We'll pretend that the Chiefs lost. Okay. Mahomes is still the best quarterback in the league. Yes. That's the thing is. That, yeah. That's at the end of it. I, I don't care what happens next year, five years from now. He could he could retire, and he'd still be con- he'd be kind of like a Bojack. He'd still be considered one of the best that ever played the position. For real. Period. Yeah. Yeah. So we all in agreement that if he loses this game, it's not going to kill his legacy. Yeah. Especially yeah. as young. God as no, he's, he's just twenty eight. I mean, he's got plenty I, of time. Yeah. If he's been he's been three and five years, and we can go ten more years at it half that rate and he'd still be at more Super Bowls than most other quarterbacks ever have a chance to play. Yeah. He's been either in an AFC championship and or Super Bowl all five years that he's been a starter. Yeah. That's insane. It's impressive. It's impressive for sure. All right. We were going to have some yeah, the only other quarterback close to that's Jimmy G. Is it? Did he do it in five years though? Consecutive? Well, well, Tom Brady's back. Saying, the next close, times. the next closest, okay. the next closest to have that success. Forty Nineers have been three and four years. Fair enough. He's a member. We'll call that. I don't. There is literally nobody in the world. Ricardo, I'm going to sneak that in until it's over. He is. It's going to be over soon because he's about March the fifth. Uh, no, he's he gone. Free agent. He is gone. He is gone. No, he's gone. Yeah. Maybe he'll he's end up at the back Saints. What's that? Maybe he'll end up at the Saints. No, I'd rather have Jimmy D than Derek up... Carr. I just do not like this Derek Ooh. Carr at all. Hey, if Jimmy Joe goes there, I might buy a Saints hat regardless. Hey, zero and seventeen is happening if we can have Jimmy Garoppolo. Tank for Caleb. No, nah, he should be. You know what the Saints should be going for right now is Lamar. Right. Well, here's the funny thing is that if – I'm going to come out and say it. If Lamar Jackson was a white quarterback, the Saints would be doing every goddamn thing they could do with that salary cap. Like they're trying to do right now for Derek Carr. But they ain't going to sign hey, that, brother. No, no, they no. They got a little cap. Oh, do I agree with you? I'm not 100%. arguing. I'm not arguing. 100%. I'm looking at teams that have the Capitals go get Lamar right now from the Baltimore Ravens, and I'm thinking Houston, and I'm thinking the Saints because they just got it from Peyton. Yeah, the problem is the Saints have no salary cap space. Houston is the perfect place for Lamar. And if I were and the Texans, Demico, I'd go get him. Yeah. I'd go get him. Because then I'd draft. I would trade that pick. And then go from there. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, the Saints got fucked in this deal. I'm not going back to that right now. All right, let's uh, – We 
you know, our great sponsors at DraftKings. And one of the things we wanted to do today is we're going to give everybody one of the things that's fun about the Super Bowl is there's props. There is all shitload of prop, prop bets. And you, whether it's at DraftKings or Caesars or anywhere else, you can find some different weird shit out there. So I asked everybody to give me some of their favorite prop bets this week for the Super Bowl. All right, who wants to go give me one? We're going to kind of go in rotation here. All right, I'm going to start with Ricardo. Ricardo, give me your first prop bet you really like. Well, actually, you're, you're going to really like this one. So I'm going to save, save the other one that we talked about earlier until next. So you know, okay. in promotion of DraftKings, uh, now that they're a sponsor of the pod, yep. I signed up and got the bonus bet. Uh-huh. And I put the, in, I put the bonus bet on the Scorigami. The score I got. Explain that to listeners. I had to. I had to figure it out myself. So, what a scorigami is is basically that the score will be a score that has not happened yet. So the final the final score of the game will be a score that has not occurred before. So that's mm. kind of like you know the the scorigami is just hitting that kind of like the blackout on a on a on a bingo trying to get okay. a number that's never been, come up yet. So the scorigami would be a final score that hasn't happened yet. It's never it's long odds, but I put the bonus bet on the scoregami. What's your odds you're getting on that? Two thousand. Two plus two thousand. Mm-hmm. It's plus two thousand to what? It's it's the question is is will there be a scoregami? Yes. Yes or no? is plus two thousand. No is minus ten thousand. Yeah. Okay. No. So this was super great because I also took this bet, although not with a bonus. So Don Boy, who um, some of you may follow on Twitter and that kind of thing, had kind of come about this. But the guy, uh, shit, I'm forgetting his name. Uh, He's a writer, producer, TV, uh, did um, Good Place. Good Place. Um, He's a huge... Uh, Michael Schur. So, okay. Yeah, I know that. It's okay. So he's a huge Red Sox fan. Anyway, had gotten very big into this, and there is a Twitter handle for Scorigamis, and they will post whatever Scorigami occurs for football, and it's only for NFL football game. Okay. So, you know, there's a finite text box essentially of what the scores can be. But I also <laughs> put a bet on that there will be a scoregami because I love uh, the idea of a scoregami and the excitement that could come from that. I love that you both know I didn't know about this. This is great. So and you guys both jumped on this. So my props are really, really boring. Um, I mean, I have more props than this. We're gonna, so keep going around in a circle on this. We're going to go around. And, and I'll explain my logic on this as well, because right now I'm not putting anything on, like, players. Yeah. Because I want to make sure there are no injuries or, fine, you know, because if I want to put a parlay up with a player or something and then they end up yeah. injured before the game even starts, I, I don't want to have that bet. So I'm I'm looking much more at the, the like, the the – the more fun bets that are not player specific. Yeah. driven. That's a really good call. 
because you never know when you're going to get a player hurt in the practice or a Eugene Robinson who gets arrested the night before the Super Bowl for having a prostitute in his room. Very Atlanta. Hartman is out and Clyde's out. Ertz Hiller got activated. So, you know, there's some shift there as to where you can do profit. Yeah. So, E, what is your – for you mentioned the score got me as well, but tell me what your first bet is going to be. Um, One of the other fun bets that I took was whether there would be a field goal joint, either on the uprights or the crossbar. Wow. Field goal boink. Okay. I like it. What we got? What do we got on that? What's the number? On um, let me find it real quick. And does it actually say doink or does it say and you hit the upright? So it, it says upright or crossbar. Yes. And so some, does it, wait, does it have to go? Can it go through? It says any field goal or extra point to hit an upright or crossbar. That okay. is the best. So it can plus or minus um okay. it's plus 450 okay and there are some lines which i've seen which do not include the crossbar so it has to be an upright doink okay uh so i mean if i could get a bonus for a double doink that would be really great That's what we can call this podcast Sunday is the double doink. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. The doink. I love the doink bet. That's a good bet. It's cool. All right. It's fun. I mean, it was matter whether an octopus was going to be thrown on the field, and I really didn't understand that one. So. That's because of hockey, because they throw an octopus at uh, the Red, Red Wings games. Right. Oh, but I had to look that yeah. up, too. I did, and I did look it up, and I was like, okay, hockey, this makes sense. But why do hockey, it makes sense? Because they do fish and octopus, but has this ever happened at a football game? Yeah, it's not like it's in Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. No, the octopus bet in football, and I had to look this up too earlier because I was thinking about it. The octopus bet is a player scores a touchdown and scores the two-point conversion to give him eight points. So that's the octopus in football. Oh! I, I, I know. On DraftKings, it's whether an octopus is thrown on the field. Really? Yes. I'm looking. No, I no, like no, the idea right of a now. player no. having both thought as an octopus bet. That's really creative. No, I, I'm looking at it right now. It, I, I thought the same thing for football. I was like, what the, why would they? But it is, a, and I'm, uh, I have it up on DraftKings, a player right. to score a touchdown and the ensuing two-point conversion. Okay, the ensuing, that's fun. So that's, that is fun because it's not like you get the first touchdown and the second two-point conversion. It's got to right. be the same one. That's okay. hard. That doesn't player, happen. The same player has it. That doesn't happen very often. That's I mean, cool. that's like saying that somebody's going to get a snowman on a particular hole, right? I, it's, well, that happens. That happens a lot when I play. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have both played golf. They always have a few. Ricardo's like, "Yeah, I've seen Bo hit a snowman." Before. Actually, in fairness, <laughs> the, the leading the leading candidate for an octopus is probably Travis Kels. Uh, it, it, it would make sense, and it's Kelsey. Come on, stop with that nonsense. It is straight from their mouth. It is. I understand that, and they have purely like ignored it since then. 
Oh, wait oh a minute. I absolutely hate it. I, I, I much wait prefer Kelsey, too. Is there is there odds on different players here? Do you have I got it. Now I got it. No, it's just yes or no. At least on oh. graphics, it was yes All or right, no. So you would say that the person who's most likely to do it is Travis Kelsey. That's you both think. my feeling. That would make Why the most. Jalen Hurts. He is he so he's going to run in both a touchdown and the two point conversion. You could have a. It's pretty easy. They must just the fact they run all the read option well, stuff. And I you figure either the touchdown or the two play yards could be a quarterback sneak. I don't see. If I was going to place that here's, on a player, here's I'd what? place no here's Jalen what? Hurts. In any other, in any game, I wouldn't say that's a terrible bet, but here's why I'll say it won't, not right now, is because if he's running it in, I don't want him in that pile to sneak it in and get hurt. That, I, can see, I can see that. That's, that's a valid point. And, and right. we, and I got argued a dollar that point says, many times. I got a dollar that says if that happens, if a player gets both, then it's Jalen Hurts. Anybody right. want to well, that? I'll I'm put a dollar on that. It's plus fourteen hundred right now. Okay, if it happens, I think it's Jalen Hurts. I totally see the Kelsey one though. He's someone that you could also see Mahomes trying to force a ball to after a big play, that kind of thing. I get that. Okay, all right. Well, my first one is not nearly as creative as I don't have anything as creative as what you guys have come up with so far. Um, but one that caught my eye was simply the first type of touchdown score. Running, passing, special teams, something like that, or a kick, or, or a kick. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is a rushing touchdown. Rushing is plus 160. So I, I took rushing because if the Eagles are going to score, it's going to be a rushing touchdown. And I can see a scramble from Mahomes or Pacheco break something for 10 or 12 yards for a touchdown. So first touchdown type for me, rushing at one plus 160. Again, mine aren't nearly as creative as you guys have come up with. All right, Uncle Rico, what's your next one here? My next one is, uh, let me go back to it here, uh, is the Coach's Challenge. Ooh. Coach's Challenge. Love it. Which team can make the first Coach's Challenge? And I believe that's going to be the Chiefs. Okay. And it is currently Chiefs minus 120. Hmm. What are the odds on the Eagles on that? I'm just curious. Plus 100. Plus 100. And I, I see that where I see where the Chiefs would be the favorite on that one because you got to think about they're more apt to throw the ball, so more mm-hmm. apt to have a catch that you would go and challenge, a first down play near a sideline. I could see that. And, and having watched some Chiefs games, I have seen Andy Reid throw that flag. Regularly, I expect him to throw a challenge flag. Yeah, sure. That's a pretty good one. And if I had to vote that, if I had to bet that, I'd bet Chiefs way too. Yeah, I'm betting that makes sense. All right, E, what you got for the next one? Well, um, to Ricardo's, you know, it's a good tie in, good segue. Uh, I realize now that I bet it twice that there will be a pick six in this game. Ooh. Okay, what's what is the odds on that right now? Plus six hundred. Plus six hundred on a pick six. Is that any, any pick, pick six, six or? Yep, any pick any six. Pick. 
doesn't matter the team or whomever, there will be a pick six. Yeah. Which I, I think given the way that both Mahomes and Hertz play and how they try to thread that needle sometimes, it's fairly likely it could happen. So, I don't know that I agree with you. That's cool. I okay, Here's my thinking. I'm going to look this up. Jalen Hurts went through six interceptions this year mm-hmm. uh, in 15 games. Mahomes has a low number comparative to what his stats usually are. They're not going to be lower than six. Let me pull that back up, too. Um, but Mahomes' pass plays tend to be more downfield. That, would, to me, would make it a little more difficult to return for six. Really? Uh, yeah. If you've got broken coverage and you can catch a couple blocks. Yeah, but, I mean, if he's throwing the ball 25, 30 yards downfield, generally to the middle of the field lots of times with Kelsey, if you're going to have a – let me see something here. I, I want to check this. I have only three. I, I like on this I like this bet. Do you like this? I like this bet. I so like it a lot. I, I really do. Mahomes has 12, 12 interceptions in 17 games. I mean, I, I see think this point. defense is – I think this defense does it. I, I, I love this bet, Ellen. I love it. Really? Okay. Yeah. All right. I really do. on this then. I, I'm going to disagree, but, I mean, I, y'all are both going to disagree with what I come up with next. So, no, um, let's go. All right. But yeah, but I but I, I see where you're going with it. This one's an easy money. I might just bet a mortgage on this one. Time of possession. Mm. How much the Eagles are minus Eagles 140. Okay. This is worthy of $140 to win 100 This is easy money. Oh, absolutely. This is probably the easiest bet I've seen of all the bets. Hmm. They, they run absolutely more. dominate. They rip, win they or lose, run more. win or lose, just because of their run game, they're gonna they're gonna dominate time of possession. And Chiefs almost never win time of possession in the games. So I mean, that's to me, that was the. I mean, I picked two of them. Those are they're pretty two really boring ones. You guys have come up with great stuff compared to what I've come up with. All right. Anybody <laughs> else got anything else they want to share? I've only did two. If you guys have a third one, I'll take I got one. I got okay, one. You both saw it already. You already know what it is. Oh, yeah. Tell us that. So one, to, that was good. Yeah. This, we have, I have pinged the junior counsel of our official legal advisor. <laughs> A.K.A. The, Nicholas is there. Yes. Um, this is the combined jersey numbers of all touchdown scores with an over-under at 160.5. And for those that haven't looked, they if a player scores multiple touchdowns, their jersey number only counts once. Now, give, Wait, me, that, go, give me the number I, again. I think it would be important to note because Nicholas's initial computation on this with Kelsey at 87 Two touchdowns, he'd be clear. 
once we got some clarity from Ricardo that if Kelsey scored multiple touchdowns, it would only be counted once. Yeah. Nicholas's math changed. So we are taking the under 160.5 at odds minus 115. Minus one what? 115. 115 under 165? 160.5. 160.5. Yep. 160. Oh, 160.5. Okay. So yeah, same thing. We were talking about this offline before we came on. You brought this up. My initial thought was, well, I really like the under in this one. And I really like the under because I don't think the Chiefs are going to score so little points. And I was like, but if they do score, Kelsey's the one I think will score. So that's 87 of them. But then I went and pulled the list for the Eagles. And let me get it back up here. I just pulled the Eagles roster. And when I did it, I was even more shocked than I thought I would be. Uh, this up here. Obviously, Jalen Hurts is the running quarterback. He's number one. Um, Gainwell, the, run, the running backs, Kenneth Gainwell, 14. Miles Sanders, 26. Uh, Bar, Bar, Boston Scott's 35. But here's where I think it goes under. A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith are numbers 11 and 16. 11 and 6, I'm sorry. Uh-huh. 11 and 6. Yeah. If I think that they're going to score four touchdowns. If it was four separate Eagles scoring touchdowns, they still wouldn't get there. And I will share this. Nicholas's calculation was determined on six touchdowns between the two teams. Yeah. His assumption that there would only be one tight end scoring a touchdown being Kelsey and then everyone else being 20 or below. So the likelihood of that exceeding that 160 became a bit of a struggle for him. Yeah. Well, I think he's right, too, because if you look on the Chiefs' side, who is most likely to score some more points? Well, you got Pacheco, the best yep. running back in our team. He's number 10. And you've got Juju. Juju. What is Juju's number? He is number nine. Uh, Mahomes is 15. So if you get a rushing touchdown, Scantlin's 11. Canarius uh, Tony's 19. Mm-hmm. So you'd really have to get, like, Justin Watson – or Blake Bell, or, or Fair, the, was it? Is it Fairchild? Is is that the other uh, tight end for King City? Who's the eighty four? Eighty four, Justin Watson. Watson, okay. Yeah. There's who's eighty three then? Oh, Doa Gray. Maybe it's Gray that I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah, your best chances of going over are between Kelsey and Goddard, but Goddard only has three touchdowns on the year. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, because all the Eagles' best receivers are under are numbers. They're none of them are '80s numbers. Yeah. I mean, the '80s I'll take numbers AJ Brown for the has Eagles. three touchdowns, but he only counts once. Yeah. Yep. I mean, like the '80s numbers for the Eagles are all tight ends, except for Greg Ward, who does he have any touchdowns this season? Um, he did not have a touchdown this season. So, <laughs> yeah. So unless you're going to get, you know, Kelsey plus another tight end, I, I, yeah, I love the, I love the, the 
combined jersey number thing. That's pretty cool. And initially, I know we were talking about it going over, and then when you said there was no repeats, I was like, well, that's going under. Because I figured yeah. on in a, five touchdowns or six touchdowns scored in the game, yeah. And yeah, I do I'll think Kelsey real scores quick that the There are additional of these that I'm that are showing here, the jersey numbers for the first touchdown and the jersey number for the last touchdown. Mm. The odds are the same on both, over, under, at 11 and a half. Oh. Over is at plus 105, and the under is minus 130. All right, let's look at the rosters real quick here, because the uh, 11 and, and that, a half. I, I would that's no where roster. So basically what you're betting here is either uh, one of the running backs, you know, like that has it, or Kelsey. Yep. You're, it's a yeah, I mean, you're, and not even all the running backs. Well, well yeah, hold the, the on. What's, 15, yeah. But Pacheco's what's 10. What's Hertz's number? Hertz is one. Okay, one. so Mahomes is 15. Yeah. If he would run that in. Yeah. Yeah, if you're betting the over, you're betting on Kelsey, um, Mahomes, <laughs> Sanders, and Game Scott. Well. From the, yeah, yeah. from the Eagles. But if you're, I see why the under is a bigger number, and I see why it's 11, because Pacheco's 10, A.J. Brown's 11, Hertz is 1, Devontae Smith 6, um, Schuster's 9, isn't he? I don't know. I guess I can just go back to the Chiefs roster here and look. Schuster is... It's not like the old days where they were all 80s. They're all... Nine. He's nine. Yeah, he's nine. Nine, so you figure, yeah. Um, McKinnon's one. Pacheco's 10. Hartman's out. He's 17, so that's not going to affect you. Does anybody really think Sky Moore is going to score in this game? So I... (laughs) And Alaire's 25. He's active now. Yeah. Valdez Scantling is not. It's it's not it's not who this career. It's the first score, and I yeah. Just, yeah. So who would you take? Me, who would you take for the first score? Ooh. If I, and that's this is where it gets tricky, is because I could see, I could see Travis Kelsey, and I can see AJ Brown or Devontae Smith, yeah. and they are okay. on opposite ends of the spectrum. It's yeah, and you got the two running backs for the Eagles too. All three of them. I think the Eagles. I think. I think that the first touchdown is going to be a throwing touchdown. That's just my instinct says that. It's not to say that that's how they're going to march down the field, but that's how they punch it. In. Okay. I don't know why, but that's where my head's at. It's like a feel. I don't have any reason. To, there's no reason for me to feel that way or think it. Just is a feeling. But I think that goes to I think the point that you guys were both kind of touching on earlier is the coin toss. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Who gets it first? Yep. Yeah. Which I'm surprised no one's betting that yet. No, I, it, it's in okay. Vegas. You see, I, even, it. I haven't seen it on any of the apps. Seen, I haven't Vegas. seen it either. I I was telling Bo this earlier that that was the one thing that I was super surprised about that DraftKings. I don't know FanDuel or other. I mean, I remember in years past on other sports books before this became very cool. Um, Betting prop bets that you could always find the coin toss. Yeah, and like the over/under on the national anthem as well. Right. 
And now one of the other things is what's the color of Gatorade that's going to be thrown on the winning coach? Her green is now the favorite. I, you can't find it on DraftKings. I don't know if it's on Caesars. I haven't taken time uh, to look. I've not seen it on Caesars. So, um, but I haven't checked FanDuel or anything else because they don't sponsor this podcast. So I don't fucking well, do it. come along, find out, right? FanDuel? Come on. Come on. It's got it. If it isn't in here now, it's got to be here eventually. It's not. I've dug just, through every line item. And it, it was driving me crazy a little bit today when I was looking through it. Because I was just like, come on. This is super basic. Yeah. Point flip? Yeah. yeah. It's not in the novelty bets, which is also surprising. I don't know. Okay. One more from you, Ellen. You got one more prop bet for us? Um, well, most of mine that remain are uh, parlays. Okay. But I will give this one, and it's Derek McKinnon to score a touchdown with the Chiefs to win, plus 390. Okay. All right. Last thing we're going to hit here. We've already given our picks. We already know who's going to win. Of course, I'm going to win. So, um, but the uh, MVP. Who we got for MVP? I'll let you all go first. I'm taking the obvious one. That's Jalen Hurts. This is for the Super Bowl, not not for the year, right? Yeah. Yeah, Mahomes got the, the, the MVP. We, we, yeah, I think we're on the I team. On Saturday. I agree, Jalen Hurts. I agree, Jalen Hurts. Uh, I, have Travis, I, I have Travis Kelsey winning the MVP. I, I don't disagree. I said if I if I thought a Chief was going to win, I think it could be Kelsey. Plus, he's got good odds. He's like 10 to 1. Uh, let's see. What did I get him at? Uh, I got him plus 1,200. Yeah, 12 to 1. Good job there. I do have one, and I did bet I will give this to you guys. Because if the game goes the way I think it might go, at plus 3,500, Hassan Reddick is MVP. Okay. I'm thinking two or three sacks, strip sack. Fumble recovery. Yeah. He's going to be a problem all day. When, He's going to wear um, Patrick Mahomes like pajamas. When was the last time a defensive player was named Super Bowl MVP? Aaron Donald won it last year. Oh, okay. What about before that? It happens a lot, actually. It's usually either the quarterback okay. or a defensive player. Okay. If they have that one big defensive play, or if you got yep. like that down lineman, like uh, Von Miller's won it. Um, okay. It's, it's happening. No, 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 that's fine. I just, no. I mean, my no, whole no. thought around Kelsey was that he would end up winning the game winning touchdown kind of scenario. Yeah. Uh, so it makes sense that a defensive player like that would also win it along those lines. I just yeah. didn't know. Yeah, I'll get you a quick list. Um, what if I can think off the top of my head? Here we go. And I apologize, it was not Aaron Donald last year. It was Von Miller. Okay. Was the last one. That was a couple years ago. Uh, Malcolm Smith won it with the Seahawks. 
Dexter Jackson with the Bucks, Ray Lewis, Larry Brown, Richard Dent. The Cowboys had a couple of them back in the old days. So it, it goes for some stretches if you're going yeah, back. Nine, it's happened nine times. Okay. In 55 games, 56 games. So yeah. Okay. The majority of the time it's the quarterback of the winning team, sure. unless you have some kind of running back who breaks a record, like Terrell Davis did a number of years ago, or yeah. um, you know, shit like that. Yeah, it's I mean, that's why Mahomes and Mahomes is the favorite, and then Hertz is right behind him. Yep. And I think especially with Hertz because their run game, he'll probably run for one. So yeah. All right. Very cool. Well, let's do this. Let's wrap this bad boy up. We already know. What's everybody doing for the Super Bowl? You guys having a party? Am I, am I going to give me a reason to go to Denver this weekend? I guess that's a no. Hey, well, fuck me. I'll just stay home myself and watch the Super Bowl. It's better that way. Anyway. <laughs> you are welcome. I'm having a crap week, so I'm not. You, I even there is, that far. I am the last person you want at your Super Bowl party. And I, I don't have any more Super Bowl parties. No, I tried to invite myself to a friend of mine's um, so I could hang out with her and her uh, partner and their dogs. And it's okay that I won't be. And so it's just going to be me and Nicholas. I literally am going to grill steaks nice. and do baked potatoes and have chips and queso. Yeah. With the so you're welcome to come out and hang out. I appreciate the offer that I just talked my way into, but I'll uh, I'm gonna respectfully pass as I'm gonna stay home on my big ass TV in the basement, analyzing plays as it goes, which drives everybody else crazy. Nobody likes watching football today. The thing of it is, though, Bo, because both of you have been to my house, is that you could still have the basement here and hang out with us. <laughs> well, like, I don't know that any person's like other than Jen and Peyton. I don't think anyone's been with me with more games than maybe Ricardo has. And Ricardo, am I a pain in the ass to watch a ball game with or not? Not for me, but for general, for most people, yes. Yeah. You and I, when when you start looking at the game the way you do, I I jump on board with the way you're you're analyzing yeah. the game. So it doesn't yeah, bother I, me at all because I can I can I can keep step for step with you, but most people it is annoying for them to watch with you. And we're like, more than welcome to come over to the house on Sunday if you care to. I can make some chicken. Might might be I. I gotta see how the little ones doing. Totally understand. Little wings. Yeah. The, the offer is open though. If you'd like to come through, just let me know. All right. Well, hey, let's uh, let's wrap up the Super Bowl on that one and the Super Bowl preview. Thank you both for coming in. Edub, thank you. Ricardo, thank you so much. This is fun to have all three of us in here like this. We do this a little more often. So, all right. Uh, thank you to both of you. I want to say thanks to Tyler Jones, everybody at Studio Soapbox for all you do behind the scenes. Don't forget, I'll be on the Tyler Jones uh, podcast. I'm actually recording it here in a few minutes. Uh, I'll be doing another football preview there for that. Uh, most importantly, I want to thank everybody for listening. Um, if you get a chance, rate us and review us. With Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your ratings, anywhere you get your podcasts, give us a five-star rating. It helps a lot. So for Ellen Wigginter, Uncle Rico, Ricardo Gerbellini, I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. Have a great week. Remember your time tokens are not refundable. Enjoy the Super Bowl, everybody.